This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com we did it we did it joe It's Swindon Town. Yeah, we did it. The end of the 2022-23 season and here... And it's at home, and we're all boarding the Mad Gav and Mildy hype train for one last time, maybe. Who knows? <sighs> Hello, Joe. Hello, Rich. It's the last dance of trying to make uh, was it, about seven weeks' worth of matches that don't matter mean something. How are you doing? It's been a heck of a journey. And now, because of Jody Morris's exit, there's yet more stuff to come in, in terms of the podcast. We, we, we planned a summer schedule last year and then it all went crazy and it all went out the window. I fear the same is going to happen again, but it's Swindon Town. As John McGreal said it, and it's his lasting contribution to club he never really did anything actually for. You'll never forget that the sort of the equivalent of the, uh, I think, uh, not actually real, but um, excellent phrase of Antonio Conte, just one normal day of Barclays is all I ask, will never happen. And uh, one normal day of Swindon. Just one normal sky bet, you know. <laughs> that's all we ask for. Um, we did a very unexpected Morris Leaves Town pod um, earlier in the week. A couple of mistakes in that that I just want to clear up. That Firstly, Austin's Tramier exclusion was purely Jodie Morris-based. Um, I think Dan said something there. And yes, that was all Jodie Morris. And of course, I keep saying it. But given quotes that we'll talk about later, um, I, I think it's kind of a tomato-tomato situation. Scott Lindsay didn't resign. Of course, Swindon 
accepted approach from Crawley. And instead of laughing it off and wanting to win those town fans over that upset him so much, uh, he opted for the move closer to home. Here I am, Joe, just spreading misinformation to fit my warped agenda. Yeah, I can't believe you'd you'd be so fake news like that, Rich. It's absolutely reprehensible, the sort of stuff this podcast peddles. So there was more news after Jody Morris's exit, which we'll go back to in just a moment. We didn't pod it because life's too short. <laughs> and that was the exit of Sandro Di Michele, which fell about four or five months in the making, if you listen to all the ITK noise out there. Why it took so long, we'll never know, but it's done. And I think probably the best thing is just to let it go. It happened and move on. Yeah, I saw a few people taking victory lap to, I think, basically every week been saying that he'd gone. And it's like, well, did you know it though? Or did you just sort of hope? Um, But yeah, it kind of felt inevitable as soon as the Morris thing happened. Um, I saw someone put this on Twitter and it's not actually something I clocked first time around, but the press release for Morris leaving specifically used the word manager rather than head coach, which was kind of a big clue. It sounds like the club are going to move away from the technical director, director of football, sporting director, whatever phraseology you want to use model. That's that sounds like the way they're going to be going with it, just based on on the wording of those various statements. And I don't think anyone's t- too mortified that McKaylee left. I, I was never quite as down on him as most were, but, you know, he's clearly not doing a particularly great job. I think everyone kind of wanted to move on as soon as the second appointment of his went badly. The writing was on the wall and it was not a surprise when everyone found out quite so much as Morris was, although it was probably not surprising in terms of results that a manager like that would get the old heave-ho. Yeah, in about a minute, you've, you've saved me about a half-hour pod, which is which is lovely. Thank you. <laughs> because I think that's all that really needs to be discussed. And he wasn't the sole reason why this season was a disaster. And it was a disaster. But he did become, as we've joked over the last few weeks, he did become the boogeyman. He represented everything symbolically and if if not accurately everything that went wrong this season and to have him out of the equation at this time of the year just before pre-season just before the summer and the transfer business and all that it's just a nice bookend it's, it's, it's over we can't use him as the as the reason why everything's gone wrong so and the new if, if we return to a more traditional model then then we we go back to just blaming managers as normal. <laughs> yeah, he was a useful magnet for a while. I think um, the rhetoric had actually started to turn anti-Clem in the last sort of week or two. So probably useful timing on their behalf to get rid of Sandro and that gives them a bit of a clean slate in that way. Not to get overly cynical, but I can't imagine that didn't factor in to the decision making. And yeah, we're moving on. It'd be interesting to see, um, you know, it, it means there's a lot of there's a lot riding on the shoulders of Rob Angus and Clem Morfuni who aren't football people by trade who are going to have to make a big decision in trust in trusting one man to do everything now. So that will be an interesting thing to see as and when that comes. Um, they they sat they made it sound like that was going to be a swift process. We will very much see that when we believe it, um, or the other way around <laughs> um, for for how long it will actually end up taking. Hopefully, 
uh, it won't interrupt your summer plans too much this year with this pod, Rich. Yeah, I'm used to it. We're, we're cool. Um, I'm in the brace, brace position, whatever happens on that front. My naive little brain read the uh, read the press release on, on Monday and thought, well, they'll have an appointment by Thursday by the looks of it. They've already got their man, but it's Swindon Town. Yeah, I've been staying in slightly longer on, on, on days before when I would usually go out for a run or something. And um, and just just thinking, oh, I might get the press release today, and it, it hasn't happened, so I've been wasting some of my own time. But um, yeah, I, I I have those naive thoughts as well. But uh, it's going to go into at the very earliest the back end of next week, I would imagine. As soon as we stop expecting it, it will come. Absolutely, like clockwork. Yeah, we we still dream for those news, uh, those new spites, don't we? Yeah, Jody Morris left. Talk me through that as a as a journalist during this, because it's kind of like celebrity right you know celebrity mega famous people don't have the paparazzi on them if you don't want them you can live your life and I use that because so much stuff leaks out of Swindon Town it it was proof that if you don't want something out there it can be kept secret yeah absolutely I I think I said to you guys um on the presser chat that we have um (laughs) I'm very surprised when I heard um First of all, was sort of just coming back home. It was fortunate timing in that respect. And when I got the call saying he's he's left, um, but there was absolutely nothing. The first thing I did after writing the press release and getting it all ready to go out was check Twitter to see. So, well, surely someone someone had this right. No, no one had said anything about the potential of Morris leaving at any point during the day, which is you know usually generally speaking this season Sky Sports would have had it two days ago. <laughs> well. Well, the, the thing was, is because quite frustratingly, you're a consummate pro, so you don't give us anything, and it annoys the hell out of me. And you kind of sort of went, have you heard anything? And me and JR was like, no, what do you know? And you were like, something's going to happen. And you wouldn't tell us, but we kind of figured, because you you you, you messaged us shortly before 5pm, that 5pm, we, we did enough sleuthing to think well something's going to happen in the next few minutes but you were just like what have you heard we ain't heard nothing yeah I'm kind of a stickler for not betraying too much trust in that one because I was like well I, I probably shouldn't tell the podcast people because the, they, they, they might be able to get get it known and then that's the club's funder stolen a little bit I suppose but yeah it was it was just a big surprise not a surprise that he went because you look at the win percentage and I think he's the joint worst performing manager of my time watching Swindon with Paul Hart and I don't think anyone was calling for Paul Hart to get another transfer window when the, when he left so you know I, I think it made a lot of sense it just it was just a complete shock it came out of the absolute blue I thought I was getting a phone call about something else um, when it went and there was like no uh Jody Morris has left. Uh, press release coming shortly. I was like, oh God, really? How long before five pm did you hear? I heard about four pm. Was okay, was so part. yeah, so it gives you enough time to draft up and press send. Incredible stuff. Yeah, it was it was very exciting, and I, I was. I think you know your your natural instinct when when you read news is pretty telling way of how you feel, and I've I've got to be honest. The day before, did I want Jody Morris to have the summer, have his time to build and see what we could bring in? Yes. But when the announcement wasn't made, I wasn't outraged at all. Yeah, completely the same for me. I was like, I kind of get it if they want to give him the summer. This was their big swing. 
um, with Morris. He was kind of the, the archetypal guy they kept saying they were searching for with each of the appointments. It hadn't gone well, but he had. there were extenuating circumstances. I could see the justification in keeping him, but when I heard he left, I was... I was not angry. I was just a bit surprised. That was the only reaction that I was like, well, what are they doing this for? And I think that was the general thing. You didn't see, there was some obviously because it's Swindon, but there wasn't too much. Oh, the club's lost the plot here. What are we doing from anyone? No no one was, no one. And I think you saw that from the players as well, because I think it was only George McEachran and Marcel Lavinia who had both played for him before made any sort of statement about it on social media. I think those were the only two. And uh, Tony Adloy with a bit of a knowing one as well. So I think that says quite a lot. Yes, it does. Um, and, you know, the, the wicked whispers from the Official Supporters Club awards evening would, would back up that <laughs> that sentiment, I would say, from, from the sort of stuff that has leaked through from the tables <laughs> that's night. Um, congratulations to Fraser Blake Tracy for sweeping the awards um not enough to get acknowledged by his own employers though yeah he was that was probably a nice um yeah and what moment for him when he got all three and then it wasn't even on the shortlist for the club's player of the season award that must have been nice for him although his support has officially given his support behind Sol Brin for for the award I'd already voted for Romeo Hutton. Yeah, and uh, yeah, but well, we, we've got our own awards, just like everybody else, but we won't put ours out for a little bit longer yet, but that'll be a fun episode, I'm sure. So here we are again then. One last romance, I would I would imagine, with Gavin Gunning. It is like it was before, Gavin Gunning and Steve Mildenhall. We have to remember that. But what, what did Gunning say during the press conference for the game against Crawley on Jody Morris's departure yeah it wasn't overly wistful about uh Jody Morris it was kind of just a as Gavin Gunning tends to be he's he's quite fun to listen to he, he's also rather matter of fact you know it's it's football this kind of stuff happens he he talked about obviously he's clearly a good coach you don't last as long at Chelsea as he did um if that isn't the case but some some things sometimes things don't work it it didn't for, it didn't for Morris at all from from Gunning's perspective, and uh, you know that's kind of a you got to go away, lick your wounds, and reflect a little bit. I thought there was I wasn't sure if they were intended as a biting remarks, but he was talking about I, he was talking about you know when you're a coach, you really have to reflect on things, and I wasn't sure if that was a Morris wasn't doing this kind of thing or it's completely innoc inno, um, you know, innocuous, um, probably the latter. But you know I, I like to read into things; it's somewhat my job. Um, I don't think there was any animosity there, but I am trying to engineer it. Yes, and this is the era of the thinly veiled dig, so um, I'm more than sure it probably was. Gavin Gunning is great fun in in press conferences because he gives good quotes, but you can also almost hear his brain work when he's like, oh, I need to be a bit more guarded here, especially in this situation where he doesn't really know what's going on. It's It's great fun. Yeah, it was. It's kind of a diff. I obviously Morris leaving changes this press conference quite a lot because we essentially can't learn anything off of Gavin Gunning for what comes next because no, as he said quite a few times back in January, no one's going to tell him. So he doesn't actually know that much, and so we have to change tack quite a lot on the questions. But he he's just absolutely unbelievably good value, and for for that reason, I I would really quite like it if he was if he was made head coach. Although that almost definitely won't happen. No, no, absolutely will not. But 
he'll be around, I'm more than sure, because Gavin Gunning is at Swindon Town, not because of Scott Lindsay, not because of Jody Morris. So unless there's been a real change of um, situation behind the scenes, I fully expect Gavin Gunning to be here next season in some capacity. Well, he is actually Sandro Di Michele's guy, but I would I would imagine he stays on. He seems to be quite ingratiated Ooh. into the whole coaching staff and everything like that. So I don't think it will impact things. He'll be the sort of number three figure in the coaching staff next season, almost certainly. Well, we will see, won't we? What, what do you have to say about being in interim charge again? Co-interim charge. Yeah, it was it was kind of one of those things where you, you don't need to mention Mildenhall all the time. It just becomes a bit wordy, but they are, in theory, doing this together. He was he was talking about obviously it being kind of a similar similarish situation to last time, where the results really aren't there. Although he, he did mention that Swindon were a lot higher up the table last time he came in, and it's you know, just just his his kind of position where he's just try, trying to get a good, bit of good feeling back once again. He talked to, at length during this press conference about just wanting to make the football exciting once more, and he more than did that back in January when he got the chance, and hopefully. Um, you know, everyone I've spoken to about the game is a lot more excited about Monday. All of a sudden, just in, just for the Jocko Benito to be back with um, Gavin Gunning and see what crazy thing he ends up doing. Yes, uh, there's a, there was a little bit more about that that we'll, we'll get to in just a moment. But yeah, but who is he reporting to at the moment? Because there were, Andrew, Johnny, and yourself sort of struggled your way through about trying to get information from him because. You know, he was just a little bit like, here we are, just one game. It's all that matters. Yeah, he was he was just having a bit of fun with it, really. Um, he, he said initially, he kind of only reports to his son, who just sort of takes the mick out of him, um, and and the stuff and the decisions he makes when he's been in interim charge on both occasions. Sounds like he's uh, is uh, the gunning junior is uh, quite interested in learning what happens in Swindon training sessions and and uh, making fun of his father. But um, uh, he then sort of came back and said. He he reports to Clem really, which is interesting that it's Clem and not um and not um Angus um Rob Angus. You would expect maybe boots on the ground to be there, but he specifically said it was Clem. Yeah, you would expect if it's not Dima Cayley, it would be Chris Kylie. You would think, wouldn't you? But um, he says Clem. We go with it. How's he getting on with his uh, coaching badges? Yeah, it sounds like he's he's having good fun with them. He. I assume this is the pro license, which is the one he didn't have before, which prevented him from taking anything on into longer term, as, as we've learned a lot about with Will Still this season. Um, but uh, yeah, he, was, he sounds like he's having a good time doing them. Um, obviously, the, the balance of coaching and doing your badges at the same time is, has been a bit tricky, maybe. But he, he said that he's, he's learning quite quite a lot from, from the courses and the tutors he has who are helping him quite a lot and he was he was very grateful for the people who are using their own time to to further his career in coaching yeah and I think um it's the new Swindon Town women's coach and friend of the pod Jamie Pittman that's that's helping isn't it yeah he was one of the two mentioned I I forget the name of the other one I couldn't write it down in time um when I was doing the live blog but yeah Jamie Pittman is is one of his tutors Mike Cook yeah that's the badger that sounds right, doesn't it? Okay. Well, it's been another weird week for Swindon. We had those two games, and you've got to wonder whether Swindon were ready to pull the trigger on a, on letting Jody Morris and Ed Brand go before Bradford 
and Wimbledon and then they won and then we get a couple of bad ones and then they go. Um, so what's the mood like within? Um, I imagine there's an element of ding dong, the witch is dead. We've also some going, well, I'm not here next season anyway. And some going, well, here we go again. Yeah, it was, it was very much that mixed perception where the players who were playing and as, as was mentioned with uh, McEachran and Lavinia, there are a couple of guys who do like Morris and knew him from before who, you know, specifically in McEachran's case, came to the club exclusively because he was in charge. So um, there'll be a couple of guys who were playing who, who did like Morris and are a bit sad that he's gone. A lot of Tommy Adeloy heading the list of players who um, who were around the club who you know are, are very pleased that he's not around and they get a fresh start with someone else because clearly he was on the way out. It remains to be seen if that is carried over into next season or someone else who comes in wants to use him. Um so he's, he's kind of like that. and But he, he gave the sort of insight that he's obviously been in dressing rooms before where a manager is up and left. And um, he said that players, and Luke Jeffcott and a couple of others have talked about it at various stages of this season where you're a footballer, you expect it. You think, OK, tough for that guy, but we're on to the next one now. Who's who's going to make me a better player now? And they're, they're really not thinking too much about the past. They're immediately on to... Who's new? Who's next up? And that's fair enough. Now, the, the one bit where it felt like Gavin Gunning was getting a little bit chippy was there were a few references about how the last interim games went. Obviously, the highlight to pretty much everyone's season who was there, unfortunately I wasn't, the Grimsby game, and then the just craziness of the Ginningham game, which was car crash at times, but tremendous entertainment two games in a row that were very very entertaining something that we didn't see very much across the season with Scott Lindsay and Jody Morris and there were a few sort of like yeah I'm gonna let the you know take the handbrake off and it did feel like he was like no that 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 5-0 took planning yeah he was this was as you say the bit he was probably a bit annoyed about question wise where um he didn't didn't take the assumption that I think a lot of maybe suggested over the season that took the handbrake off, let the players be a bit more free, and that just sort of created the five nil and the the one in midfield free all draw. Um, he, he didn't buy that at all. He said, you know, you're not going to beat a team like Grimsby, who obviously did incredibly well in the FA Cup this season. So that's not a terrible team, as much as they didn't do great in League Two. You know, they are a good football team, and to beat them five nil took a lot of planning. It took a lot of work. Um, no, he he didn't. He absolutely rejected the suggestion that it was as simple as as you know, come on, lads, just just play a bit, and, and that was fine. He was completely, oh, he was completely convinced that there was a lot of hard work from himself and the others in the coaching staff that brought them to those two performances. Hopefully, we'll be able to see a number of them on Monday. And yeah, he was kind of talking about um, it. Sometimes in in football, it does take that little bit of extra momentum, but. Um, he was absolutely not having that. Uh, you just told them to to play a bit, and that and that did it. That was very much not his perception of how that result came about. Yeah, and if you're an up and coming coach, you you don't want your reputation to be just a bit of a ah, go out there and give us unleash some chaos. You know, you you want to show that there's methods to the madness. So if everyone's just like, <laughs> can we have five goals, please? Yeah, absolutely. He said, he said last time, didn't he, that he, he does want to be a manager higher up, as high up as he can do. Um, so he definitely wants to withdraw any suggestions. He's 
just a happy-go-lucky guy who's sort of, you know nice around the place and gets people to to have a bit more fun with their football. He's very you know modern coaching is a lot about heavy method and you know, who can who's got the most complex plan. So he was very much cutting the head off of that particular question as as soon as it reared it because he doesn't probably doesn't want that anywhere in print that that is all he does okay well let's talk about Crawley Town at home for the last day of the season the forecast weather wise is rubbish which is not how it should be on the final day Crawley Town where the hell do you start um Wagme took over and almost sent them to the abyss but they're their knight in shining armour turned out to be Scott Lindsay. They were in they were in a really bad way, but they had a good spell before he arrived. October, November until early December, ending with them beating Swindon. They were unbeaten in, you know, eight or nine games in the league. And then Scott Lindsay was allowed to leave Swindon Town taking Ben Gladwin with him, uh, Ricky McFarlane, sort of dual jobs in his sort of, um, in, the, in, the, in the fitness sort of strength and conditioning world. And, well, they've they've got out their bother. I mean, the, the celebrations of Scott Lindsay over the last week or so certainly um, disregards the one point in eight games that they went through early in his tenure, but they've done enough. You could argue that, They've gone. They've stayed up on the basis of Hartlepool and Rochdale being a little worse than them. I think that's probably a bit unfair because his job was to come in and keep them up, and he's done it. Um, and now we're we're left with him on the last day. It would have been great, wouldn't it, had it been riding on something for him and Jamie Day and Steve Hale, Dion Conroy, Anthony Granite, and already mentioned Ben Gladwin to really need a victory here to stay up, but it's not to be. And here we are, quotes emerging <laughs> this evening um, via the Swindon advertiser, um, Lindsay saying, I was the assistant manager the year before and I probably wasn't the name they wanted. They probably wanted Alex Ferguson or something like, or someone like that, which I am not. And they found me a boring appointment. What I will say is I had the best start after 15 games than any other manager had in 16 seasons. I was in the playoffs all season. I had a young squad, nothing like the squad the season before, and we played some decent football. But for whatever reason, they just didn't see me as an attractive appointment, I suppose. If he had that energy when he was Swindon head coach, I probably would have warmed to him. Yeah, he didn't. I can confirm he didn't have that in on the record. But when I spoke to Scott Lindsay and we spoke to Scott Lindsay, just sort of sitting about in the in the press room and stuff, which he, he did quite a lot, to be fair to him, because you know, very quite approachable in that way. That is kind of the way he saw it the whole time, where, you know, he jokingly, it's like, you know, you, you guys have got to try and help me, help these guys like me. No, please. He was, he, I think he really did want to be liked by Swindon fans and it it just never happened. I think probably, probably over-egging the, the pan in, in the way that uh, he talks about his time at Swindon on the pitch, because we were on a pretty awful run when he actually ended up leaving. Um, and I, th- I think a lot of the criticism was justified by that point. I get what he says that essentially there was, there was never any way that there was the Swindon fans never really warmed to him. And I think that is true. Um, but I, but I think there there is more to it than just a, well, they, they wanted a huge, huge name. 
you know that, that's that's not that's not the only reason people didn't like Scott Lindsay. Yeah, he was a victim of the club leaving no stone unturned and then recruiting the assistant head coach. That's probably the first issue, and then his lack of experience at that level. That's the second issue, an issue that most people can get over if if all is well. And we'll talk about his tenure in the in the end of season pod because I do wonder whether we should have enjoyed it a little bit more. But it it wasn't hugely enjoyable as a, as a as as things went. But but I, I enjoyed the dig, and then he later goes on to say, "But this isn't about me. This is just we just so happen to be playing." Nah, double down, Scott. Come on, you know, don't give those quotes and then turn up wanting a round of applause because. As I've said before in recent weeks, this was a guy that, I mean, I listened to every single one of Scott Lindsay's press conferences. He never listened or looked on social media. What a big fat lie that was. Yeah, I mean, how does he know the fans didn't like him if if he hadn't looked? Um... Because it was only one game, and that was Sutton, where fans were turning on him, and then he turned the game around. It, It didn't happen again. Yeah, I mean, it it was never vocal in the stadium or anything like that, but it was it was very prominent in social media. So that that clearly isn't something that is is existing in reality in terms of again. But that that's clearly the way he sees it. And I think it's a fair enough point of view from from him as a first time head coach looking at the way things went. But I think he is probably a little bit rose tinted on what happened on the pitch because box entries FC weren't turning into goals FC anytime soon. Will always have the box entries. Well, he's he's had plenty from us, and I'm sure he's going to enjoy the day plenty. But I think if Morris was in charge, I would probably predict like a two nil victory for Crawley. But I, I, I hope it gives us a little bit of gusto um, going into the final day. Let's, let's talk about Swindon Town, though. Where are we in terms of injuries on the last day of the season? Yeah, well, we've been hearing, haven't we, that there was the chance of Tomlinson coming back in. I kind of feel like the way it was phrased sounded like there was a reasonable chance of Tomlinson being on the bench. Um, I wouldn't, I would don't see him starting, but he was certainly listed as one who could be back involved. Tom Brewitt could also be back, so that that'll probably be him starting. Although I feel like it would be fair enough to give Minter and the, the start again. But um, sounds like Johnny Williams has played his last Swindon game. Is saying that we're, you know we're, we're all working under the assumption that he is gone. Uh, he's definitely out, as is Fraser Blake Tracy and all the others who essentially don't matter at this stage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I think you're probably right based on the tone there. I, I, I think if Brewitt is there, it may be in, on the bench as well. Um, he goes on later to say that he doesn't want to risk players. But Johnny Williams seems to have ran his final race for Swindon and... Gavin Gunning gave the reply to the question about Johnny Williams that Jody Morris should have done a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, the door was left ajar. Weird how Gunning is better at this than Morris. Who who not it? it? Isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he talked a lot about how good of a player Williams is and being above the level technically and you know, having, having had to react to playing below what his, his level probably should be because of obviously his injury issues that had plagued him before coming to Swindon where we, we seem to have sorted them out and right at the end and I think we all believe there is at least something else in this injury um but um yeah he left the jaw slightly ajar in terms of you know, if he is here then that would be awesome but uh we'll see what happens although I don't think any of us are really holding any hope of 
Johnny or, or Williams eight shirt being on the team on in the dressing room next season. Big rumours of Wrexham. That might be lazy. I don't know, but that's that's what all the noise I hear behind the scenes is is that he is going to be playing against Swindon unless injured or suspended at some point next season. Yeah, they'll be taking the the best Wales former Wales international to have retired this year. And possibly Gareth Bale as well. <laughs> Two documentaries, though, for Johnny Williams. It's, it's, you know, it's impressive. Yeah, I mean, he's experienced with this now. Obviously, he was a huge part of Sunderland Till I Die Series 1. I don't know. And um, I've, I heard an interview with Humphrey Kerr once where he said that Sunderland Till I Die was very much the genesis of Wrexham as a project. So R- Rob McElhenney will have seen um, Johnny Williams in that. And I, I would like to think it plays into the decision making at least slightly. Last day of the season is one where we like to see a few randoms emerge, but I think Gunning put a bit of cold water over that, didn't he? Yeah, it was either the best smokescreen I've ever heard in my life or um, a very fair answer, really, about um, how coaches and managers see this, because I think we always get there um, to the end of the season and think, you know, wow, it doesn't matter anymore. Um, Let's shuck a bunch of randoms in the team as you say I remember once in the Phil Brown end of season where um, Roland Meniesi started ahead of Joe Romanski and being really miffed about that because Meniesi had A not been very good and B um, was on loan and not coming back but um, yeah but Gunning said that essentially if you haven't been involved for a while it's not particularly fair to bring anyone back in because they're they're more likely to get injured because they're not properly match sharp potentially returning from an injury as well and you might you know exacerbate that going into a summer where a lot of the players who are fringe players they're looking for moves elsewhere they don't want to be injured uh swindon probably don't want them to be injured and the players themselves wouldn't want that either so uh, very unlikely that messes adaloy and various others will be back in from the cold yeah more chat like this a little bit later when we talk about the uh, pete lusty derby the wiltshire premier shield because Lord only knows uh, what lineup they will they will field for that. Um, one thing feels absolutely ruddy bloody positive is that Charlie Austin's going to be up front for this one. Yep, yeah, absolutely no disguise stop put on this particular pass. Um, Gavin Gunning obviously got three goals in two games at Boston. He scored in two matches under Jody Morris. Go figure. Um, you know, he's, he's, he, he said he will certainly be involved and then immediately went into sort of how the crowd might react. So, you know, he's very much thinking if I get Austin out there, obviously he's done, he did incredibly well. He's a, he's a very good striker, we all know this. Um, so he's, it, Austin will be starting, which I think everyone is very pleased about. Try and get that atmosphere up a little bit more for a nice end of season party mood um, for what, again, he says will be hopefully a, a quite a fun game. He's clearly really, you know, it really into getting the excitement factor up as much as he can in terms of the way Swindon are slated to play. And he also touched on, you mentioned um, with those Lindsay quotes about um, him wanting a nice reaction. Uh, Gavin Gunning has also called for a bit of peace there. So he didn't really know what kind of reaction Lindsay might get, but he's hoping for a bit of a respectful um, approach from Swindon fans. So uh, we'll wait and see on that one because generally speaking, former personnel aren't given the warmest of receptions unless they're someone who is incredibly good, like a Simon Cox figure. Yeah, it's a very interesting point. And I've got to be honest, I'm not sure if he'll get anything, whether it be booze. I, I think there will be smatterings of applause 
Um, I think there are plenty of Swindon Town fans that acknowledge that, you know, our best part of the season was under him in terms of points. People do solely look at that. You know, I'm here for the football and I don't care how we win, but as long as we do so. And that happened on Lindsay's watch, which, you know, you cannot deny. So I think there'll be some applause, but... I don't think you'll get that from the town end. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought there'd be. I mean, there weren't really Scott Lindsay chants when he actually managed the club, so I wouldn't have thought there'd be any <laughs> no, there when he comes back managing Crawley Town. I mean, I I I, I said this before. I I quite like Scott Lindsay as a person. He was he was very kind and welcoming to me. So you know, I I'm I'd be happy to see him back. I'm, you know, I'd like to speak to him at some point during the day. Not that I normally speak to opposition managers, but you know, it it would be nice to see him back around. But I would be. Surprised if there was too much of a reception either way, to be honest, because he wasn't bad enough really to to be brought back to you know booze or sort of um, Michael Rose. I remember getting a particularly frosty <laughs> reception when he came back, um, so oh, I wouldn't yes. expect it to be that bad. But I wouldn't expect him to be getting too many chants either. He'll be looking for you to give him a stat, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, familiar faces was a question posed to Gavin Gunning, but considering he's only been here the season. There's a couple of the uh, the people that will get applause um, that he doesn't really know. Yeah, very positive and glowing. Um, you know, re- uh, talk about Ben Gladwin as a person and a player, obviously. But um, he said that he's been here this year, and the fact that Johnny Williams won't be playing, Matthew Baudry won't be playing. Um, he quite correctly said that basically none of them are actually going to know Dion Conroy or Anthony Grant because they just didn't play for Swindon last season. Um, he he's he said he'd come. He'd come across Grant um, before, obviously just around the football circuit, but he'd never met Dion Conroy before. So that's not really a factor for him in terms of upping the ante further. Um, the same for the players because they don't know him either, other than Gladwin. So yeah, that's that's not going to be a huge factor for them. Although um, I expect certainly Grant, probably Gladwin and Conroy as well should get a fairly warm reception from Swindon fans um, because they were all very good players for this club. Yes. There's a game <laughs> between Crawley. We've talked a lot about the players, the veterans, the alumni, the drama. But what about the game itself? What will the Gavin Gunning have to say about the game on Monday and indeed about the opponents? Yeah, it doesn't sound like we'll be taking um, too many prisoners in this one. Like I said, he said, and this was kind of the one of the bigger pool quotes. We didn't get maybe the pressures for tyres or the McDonald's line this time, but. Um, if anyone doesn't want to be injured, they won't be involved. Um, so anyone who's t- trying to take a light day off um, won't won't be playing. Sorry, Romeo Hutton on the bench. Um, um, so yeah, he, he, obviously he was joking and saying uh, it'd be quite nice if we did what we did against Grimsby, but he was he was certainly saying that uh, giving the due respect to Crawley and what Scott Lindsay had managed to do in keeping them up, because he's correctly saying massive basket case come January. He was their fourth manager of the season. Um, including, including the interim who was there for about a month, so you know they they were they were in a really bad shape, and he he did give good respect to to them having turned around and they on on a reasonable run to finish the season and secure their safety. So he obviously wasn't taking it overly lightly, but um, he's very much looking to go, as he said a few times, on the front foot, get the attacking going, get the crowd off their feet, and see what see if they can get. The, the goals back that really characterise that January spell. Yeah, that, that mid-March to present-day form that Crawley have had, we'd have killed for, but it hasn't happened. But I, I just think Scott Lindsay is 
purely runs on positive vibes and energy. And like I said, there were eight games in a row where, well, there were eight games where he got one point from them. You know, that that is hideous. And probably had they not already binned three people, four people before, it might have been quite a critical situation for him there. But he turned it around and slow-mo fist pumping has happened ever since. And along with a couple of delicious thinly failed digs towards his former employer. Like I said, if he had that about him first time around when he was with us, then yes, I'd have embraced that all day long. But We'll see if he brings it to the county ground. Let's move away from the game now because there's not really much more to talk about. Um, he was asked about the retained list, which was quite interesting because the question was angled towards the notion whether he will be making the decisions. I'm not quite sure, Joe, if he'll be making the decisions, but he'll be making the phone calls and the the one-to-ones, which is a wretched thing to do. And I know Mildenhall had to do that previously too. Yeah, he's kind of been dropped in that one, given that they dismantled the entire footballing side of the club uh, on Monday and Tuesday this week. So Gavin Gunning is kind of the most senior person on that side now. So um, they hadn't, he said they kind of haven't specifically told him he was doing the retained list phone calls, but um, he said he, he thinks it probably will be because, um, you know, there's, there's no one else to really do it unless um, someone else wants to step up. And I imagine they don't. So he obviously won't be making the calls one way or another because he's not, he's not, he's not the head coach um, as 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 that we know of. Um, he's not he's not likely to be the manager next season, so he's not really his to short choices to make. But they need to get those contracts racked up in the next week or so, I think. So um, some will be making those decisions, presumably uh, a combination of Rob Angus and a couple of others. And um, I don't think there'll be too many surprises in there anyway, but. He's, he's going to have to make a few phone calls to people who are just getting to Mykonos on various other locations. Yeah, yeah. How quick do you reckon footballers are getting on their easy jet flights um, once the uh, the final whistle is gone? I don't know, but I don't, I'm don't. interested to see if any of them can beat Johnny Leefield there, who is immediately going to the airport and off on holiday after the game. So that boy is always on holiday. Incredible the amount of holiday he's given. I've I've said this all season. Yeah, no, he seems to be on holiday. Good for him, I say. One final time this season. Shall we go to the Joe Zone? Let's do it. Um, of course, Crawley isn't the only big game of the week. Wiltshire Premier Shield final the following day. Is um, have you got plans for that? Are any first teamers going to be involved in that game, or is that kind of an under 18s thing because of the? Close proximity. Good question. We'll see how Monday goes first, and then we'll look after Tuesday when Tuesday comes round. Yeah, and then see kind of your first big season as a as a first team coach exclusively working under two managers. How have you found it working under lots of different people? Um, different, different. Um. Learned lots of good stuff. Um, learned how to deal with high pressure situations better. How, how how you can sometimes how the job gets on top of you sometimes. Um, different tactics obviously from the two different gaffers, which has been good. Um, two completely different characters. But yeah, it's been a it's been a weird season. Very up and then very kind of down. It's it's. 
results are obviously based on about because so, that's what everything's based on really results you want to be successful there's no point in going into any kind of football environment if you're not going to be successful whether that's you go into a club that's bottom of the league when it get them out of relegation zone. If you go into a club that's mid-table, you want to go playoffs, playoff team, you've got to try and push them to a promotion team. It's simple. And then lastly, do you want the job full-time as, as manager? <laughs> that's all for me. Cheers, Gav. Ah, uh, yes. The Pete Lusty Derby, the Wiltshire Premier Shield final against Westbury United. You actually got a good question response, which was nice, wasn't it? Um, in terms of the question, who are you playing on Tuesday? It's going to be under 17s. It simply has to be. Yeah, it's going to be a team headlined by Abu Kanu, you'd imagine, which is no bad thing. This is actually the game I'm way more excited for than the Crawley one. I think I'm going to be the only, probably the only one in the press box for this one, but I'm, I'm going. I'm, I'm all over it. I, 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 we, we almost definitely won't win if it is just the the under-18 side, but I'm here for it. I'm really excited for a cup final. It's been too long. Since... <laughs> yeah, we're going we're gonna to get absolutely slapped, probably, <laughs> if it's under-17s versus versus a, a pretty decent Westbury United side. They've had a great time in their, in their first season in the, um, in, I think it's the Southern League. But, I mean, you've got to look at it in in realistic way. Your players that are just about to get released, they're not going to play because they're not going to do their ACL or whatever, um, playing in the Wiltshire Premier Shield final. You're not going to be playing the lone players. You're not going to be playing the veterans because they played the day before, the seniors, I should say. Um, I think Abu Kanu, is he not suspended as well because he got sent off in the semi-final? I don't know how that works. And then you're left literally, potentially, with Ricky Agua. And if you're Ricky Agua, do you want to play that game? I don't want to play that game. They might not have any choice. But, like, there's no current manager to tell him he's got to play. Give the under-17s another shot at silverware after their unfortunate conclusion to the Floodlit uh, Cup game against Lincoln, which they lost 4-1. Did it, was it 4-1? Yeah, 4-1 in the end. Yeah, it was 4-1, yeah, which was, which was a shame. But give them another go and let's see if we can do it against Westbury. Yeah, we've had this chat a few times. We kind of talked it through um, because we're both very excited for it. But... Um... Yeah, it kind of doesn't make any sense to let to make any of the senior players play in it because even even Ricky Aguiar, I, if I was him, I'm I'm probably saying I'm on holiday straight away, so I can't play. As soon as they found out when that final was coming, um, it does no and no one any good to play to play in this final. Um, you know, t- technically speaking, to the it's not a, it's not a huge deal. Uh, just being the Wiltshire Cup, maybe it'll mean something to Joe Tomlinson, but. Um, yeah, I, I think you have a tough time convincing anyone, even the likes of maybe a Harrison Minton, because he'll have presumably played on the Monday. Um, it's going to be a tough sale for getting anyone to play, so it will almost certainly be the youth players. Um, you know, may, uh, and with everyone else heading out the door, they're not going to be too fussed about helping Swindon out in this game. So it's disappointing that that's kind of the way that it's fallen, but. Uh, hopefully they can they can have learned from the the tough um, experience at the LNER Stadium this week and and push forward and give um, give um, give give them what for on Tuesday. <laughs> it's Westbury. Give them the respect. It's <laughs> Westbury, not too far away from where you're based. Yeah, I, I still don't know why they couldn't have fit this in on the same day as Crawley. It would have been so much 
football fun. Double header. That's what we all dream of. Pointless double headers. I love double headers. Keep some of the crowd around. It'd be like the um the double header women men's women's game from earlier in the season. People would love it. Yeah. And just was it three coaches of Westbury fans? Unbelievable. <laughs> Are they getting into the um the Stratton Bank? A good question. I, <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that. They are selling tickets on the um, Swindon are selling tickets on the website, so you can you can choose your seats. Which I was disgraced with straight away. I was like, "What? No, I'm going to turn up, find a seat on the end of a row, and stay there." But yeah, it's Arkles only uh, by the looks of it, and I'm sure they'll be based in the usual place. Shame. It'd be it'd be it'd be funny to watch. Possibly the first team all season to get onto the Stratton Bank. It'd be funny if if, if Westbury had done that. I don't know how big those coaches are, mind. <laughs> Just a couple of minibuses. Exactly. Gunning was diplomatic about learning from the different coaches he's worked alongside this year. Yeah, the sort of second big thing where he talked about this a lot, which I quite enjoyed, was was talking about winning, and that's that's a, for obvious reasons the his main his main aim in football really. Um, he didn't give huge credit to either Lindsay or Morris in terms of helping him to learn from stuff. <laughs> I mean, both of them are fairly junior um, in their own roles anyway, so I guess they were probably learning at the same time as he was. He was trying to learn off them, maybe. But uh, yeah, you know, he said, you know, talk about the different styles and learning off that different stuff. You know, he certainly does look like someone who's really grown into his his particular role this year. So. I think there, there's clearly been some stuff he has been able to learn, but maybe he's not had the best learning experience in terms of if he could have been off a, a really more um, very experienced manager or someone who may or may not be coming in in the next few weeks. Mm. And finally, that was a heck of a pause at the end, but it wasn't a mean pause, was it? No, it was, it was not a mean pause. It was sort of... Um, I, 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 we had the very we had the sort of journey, didn't we, in January from the very firm note, Gavin Gunning's first press conference to, well, you never know, and then sort of progressively becoming more, well, maybe they should give it to me, as his um, interim stint was going quite well. And this one was um, not a standoff between Gavin Gunning and myself, but I, you know, I felt someone should put the question in there somewhere about if he, if if he should, if he wants to take the job, and it was sort of a quite a mischievous smile he had on his face where he was he was taking that pause and not saying yes or no but it's in from a as a non-expert body language reader it definitely didn't seem like a no good good for him well there we go um prediction time i have no idea where we're at in terms of predictions i think it was quite even when i did a quick skim earlier what are you going for I'm going to embrace the chaos. It's end of season, as you mentioned um, mm-hmm. like two games ago, um, about what what might happen. I'm going to say 5-2 to Swindon. Oh, I'll be waiting all season for that. And I love it. Obviously, Don Telford is going to score. Uh, it feels like he always does. I'm not sure if that's true or not. Certainly hasn't been the case this season for them. But against Swindon, he, he got one in the Bless game. He definitely scored one for Newport at least. So I have a feeling I'm going to go with Crawley will take the lead and it will get a little bit, you know, funny, a little bit of an atmosphere. And then Swindon are going to going to win 4-2. Um, I'm going to say 4-2 and I'm going to say Charlie Austin score a hat-trick, which takes him to top scorer for the season. Are you doing a bet, Elder? 
<laughs> it looks that way, doesn't it? <laughs> Crawley to score first, Swindon to score four two. Swindon to win four two. Charlie Austin anytime hat trick. Yeah, there we go. Um, please do not put money on that. That sounds like I will lose a lot of people. Some, but oh, I just want a little bit of chaos. I, not in the terms that Gavin Gunning's, you know, pointing and leading the instructions. Just, just. Oh, give them something to think to smile about as they as they walk out um, for the last time until preseason starts. That's all I'm asking. Yeah, I think after our two predictions, it's got definite nil nil banker, but it, it doesn't matter to any team now. Gavin Gunning, you know, we, we saw what he did before. I just want more of it. I want that flavour back. That was comfortably the best part of the season watching. Swindon for those two matches, and it was disappointing. We had all those games called off at that time oh, as well, and they chickened out of that Stevenage game by not putting the sheets, the covers on. Cowardly behaviour by Swindon Town. That's allegedly, but I'm standing <laughs> by that one. I started the episode with uh, retractions. Now I'm not doing it for that one. <laughs> <laughs> look, I look forward to the um, match wrap-up episode where you have to t- go, you're forced into a formal retraction of that statement. <laughs> I'll do it every week if it if it means <laughs> I'm going to do it. Joe, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for all of your contributions over the season. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Rich. The Lone Strangers is an independent podcast and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The intro music of the presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down, influenced by the great Matthew Kilford. And the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hello, bubble. Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy... Or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up, what was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.